Welcome to the Jack and John podcast. I'm Jack. And I'm John. And we're on a mission. To help you focus on Christ. You know, in the wintertime, Jack, uh, it, it, when it's cold and I, I'll get home from work or whatever and, and I walk in the house and uh, that little, you know, little evil guy inside of me wants to sneak up on my wife and put my ice cold, cold hands on her neck, you know, or and uh, she'll say, don't touch me. And uh, because she knows what's coming, you know, I'm, I'm very <laughs> predictable. And uh, why is that? Well, it's because my hands are cold. Um, one thing that you don't want to, to happen in a marriage uh, or in a, any kind of relationship is for your love to grow cold. Um, and, uh, you know, you want a warm heart. You want warm hands uh, to, to touch you, that kind of thing. Um, well, Matthew 24 um, Jesus is, is answering questions to his disciples about, you know, the signs of the, the end and, you know, what's, what's going to be like when the kingdom comes, that kind of thing. And I don't want to focus on all that. You know, they use that fancy word, uh, eschatology, yeah. you know, it's like the study of end times, whatever. Um, that's like a giant rabbit trail because guess what? We're not there. Um, you know, it's just sort of like talking about the beginning. I wasn't there. <laughs> didn't see that, you know, we can read the stuff that's been written down, but I think God's intentionally a little bit cryptic about that kind of stuff, because let's face it, you know, when Jesus came the first time, everybody got it wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what makes us think we're going to have it all figured out when he comes again? All right. So our point here is not to focus on that. I want to focus on these two verses in the middle of that that I think are very important for us and how it relates to us focusing on Christ. So here we go. Matthew 24, verses 12 and 13. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. What do you think about that, Jack? Well, do you think he's talking about the love for God will grow cold? The love for people? I think he's talking about the love of people. The love for people. The love of people because people are doing so many wicked things. Right. You see them doing wicked things. Their love will grow cold. But the love for God, too. Because what what do we hear from from non-believers now? It's like, well, where's God? And Uh, really, if you can't love, then it's difficult to be loved. Right. Really. Uh, So if I am loved by God, then I should be loving to others. A disciple... If I'm going to be a disciple of Christ, then I need to make disciples. But anyway, that that's off topic. I, I just am thinking about love growing cold. Uh, the thought of it doesn't, you just don't wake up one morning and say, ugh, I hate everybody. Uh, right. But it grows cold to where you begin to do unloving things. And as you cease to do loving things, then the feeling uh, the loving feeling then begins to wane and grow. close your eyes anymore. Yeah. yeah. Just, <laughs> you lost that loving feeling. I'm sorry. Just was going You've lost that mind. loving feeling. Just yeah. going through my mind there. So, <laughs> so, so but for us, uh, what God does with this is he says, if, you're, if your love grows cold, um, then it's difficult to endure. It's difficult yeah. to continue to, to live life faithfully 
to God. It's, it's difficult to uh, focus on God if your love grows cold uh, because you become hardened. Uh, mm-hmm. your, your heart becomes like stone. The Bible talks about having a, a, a heart of stone or having a hard heart. Um, I think about the uh, little boy who went to Sunday school and he came home and his daddy never went to church, never went to Sunday school, never talked about God, would never claim God as his savior. And so the little boy uh, was always told by his mom, you need to pray for your dad. Just continue to pray for your dad that God will soften his heart. And one day he was in Sunday school. It was interesting. The Sunday school lesson was about your heart growing hard. And so the little boy went home and his daddy was sitting in his easy chair and he climbed up on his lap and he put his head right next to his chest where his heart was and stuck his ear down like that. And the father looked down and said, what in the world are you doing? And he said, well, I was just listening to see if your heart had become stone yet or not. So that'll uh, wake up a dad, won't it? When the son says, I wonder if your heart's so hard it's become stone. But when you become hard... And when your love grows cold, uh, then will you persevere when mm-hmm. things get rough in the end times, right. for instance? I think part of the question is, you know, what is it that makes your love grow cold? What is it that makes your heart harden? And the verse says, because of the increase of wickedness. Well, that tells me that it's about what you're focusing on. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I bring it up because you can spend five seconds looking at the news and it's going to be something negative, some bad thing that's happening, some bad thing that some person is doing or has done. And uh, I mean, it's everywhere and it just feels like, you know, wickedness or lawlessness has is the rule of law almost, you know, it's kind of taken over. And if we focus on all of that, Oh, it's easy to become jaded. Mm. You know, I, I take care of a lot of patients that have chronic pain. Okay. It's one of the things that I do. And um, I've always approached it from the standpoint of, you know, you have a healthy degree of skepticism because you want to make sure that the person that you're treating is needing it and not feeding other people drugs and that kind of thing. Okay. But there's a thing that happens, you know, with doctors and with pharmacists, and and you'll see it in the emergency rooms, and that is that they become jaded in the sense that they look at everyone like that user, you know, or like the dealer or the abuser, or this person's just wanting drugs, or they're just diverting or whatever. And that, that jaded look, what it's doing is it's lumping everybody into that same category, and it's saying, oh, you're just here for drugs. And so I have patients that, um, you know, have legitimate chronic pain that they've, they've just learned to, you know, kind of keep their head down and, um, you know, not have any expectation when they go to pick up their prescription because people are looking at them like you're just wanting drugs. Yeah. We pigeonhole people. We, we think that people are going to react or act the same as, as everyone else yeah. or as our experience is. And sometimes we get shocked when someone acts contrary to what we think they're going to act, how right. we think they're going to act, how we think they're going to do. For instance, you can grow uh, hardened toward the homeless. 
Right. And there are a lot of people who do, well, he needs to get out and get a job or whatever. But there are individuals who are homeless with no uh, fault of their own, you know, those circumstances, things like that. But as I was looking at this scripture that you shared last night with me, uh, he who endures to the end will be saved. It it, uh, reminded me of the letter, the book of Revelation that John wrote. He wrote that to seven churches, mm-hmm. and they were seven specific churches in Asia Minor. But some people say, as a book of revelation of uh, you know prophecy, that they could also be seven churches in time, right? And if you look at time, you know that you had the um, the persecuted church, you know, and you had the 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 very. A wealthy church. You had the working church, just different kinds of churches. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting that at the end of each one of those letters to those individual churches, uh, Jesus, who was the speaker, he was his red letters. This is Jesus, uh, gives pretty much the same, um, prescription for them. Okay. He, he, he'll tell them what they did well. He'll tell them what they didn't do well. And then he'll give them a message of what they needed to do. And every single one of these churches was given the same message in the very end. And I'm going to read it out of the ESV. Uh, It says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, to the one who conquers, to the one who overcomes. Another translation says, I will grant to eat of the tree of life. That's the first church. The second one, the one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death, the third one, the one who conquers, I will give some of the hidden manna and I will give him a white stone with a new name written on it. The next church, I, the one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end, I will give authority over the nations to the next one, the one who conquers. So you see that thread uh, right. message to the churches. Uh, we need to conquer. We need to overcome. We need to be faithful. We need to endure. It's very important. For us as Christians, uh, not to, to grow weak in our faith, not to grow cold right. in our love, but to make sure that we have um, uh, the love of Christ blazing within us, uh, the joy of the Lord keeping us every day and being faithful through it all with yeah. the help of Christ so that we will overcome in the end. And, and what is it that we need to overcome? Sin. Um, what ourselves maybe <laughs> yeah that, that that's what i'm feeling I, I feel like the thing that we need to overcome is ourselves you hear people say the phrase get over yourself yeah you know i mean there's some real validity to that because a lot of times the greatest stumbling block that we have in terms of our relationship with god and our relationship with other people is this guy right here me is myself i got to get over myself and that that's, to me, exactly what Jesus is talking about when he says, you know, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. Why is that? Well, because I'm so full of myself that I'm focusing on what they're doing wrong. This guy's doing wrong. That person's doing wrong. I'm not focused on what I should be focused on, which is that transcending, that transcendent love that God has for me because he's overlooked my wickedness and sent his son to die for me. Um, And that's the challenge for us is that as we see wickedness on the increase, 
We need to get rid of ourselves even more so that we're filled with him, filled with his spirit, and to let his love channel through us. Because honestly, now more than ever, the world needs Jesus. We need his love um, because that's the thing that's going to help us overcome. Yeah, and Jesus in in his uh, teachings uh, when he was here on the earth, he encouraged people to be faithful to the end. He he uh, he encouraged them uh, to make sure that they they ask, they seek, they knock. They there there was action here, something that was involved in being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Uh, Paul, I think, picked up that uh, message and gave us basically three metaphors of the Christian life, and they all have something kind of to do. It's like an athlete, yeah. run the race as if to win the race, yeah. the farmer who gets up every day and has to work, plow the field, sow the seed, bring in the harvest, and uh, the soldier. So all of those are people that are active doing something that uh, kind of pushes them and makes them work hard and, and make a lot of effort. Uh, Peter says, make every effort to make your calling and election yeah. sure. So, uh, folks, don't sit back as lazy Christians yeah. and just say, God bless me, bless me, bless me. Preacher, feed me, feed me, feed me. Uh, say, stop going to church and saying, well, the sermon didn't bless me today. Well, that music just didn't do anything for me. It's all focused on self. Right. And I think uh, your love can grow cold if you do that. Yeah. Rather go because the church needs you to go and see who you can love, see who you can minister to. Maybe God can use your uh, experiences to help someone else who's going through the same experience that you overcame. Uh, so go looking to minister, looking to serve, looking to give, looking to become what God wants you to be instead of the, um, what is it, the American Christian that sits back lazily and says, hey, I heard we're getting another stimulus check. You know, well, maybe you ought to be thinking, what can I do to minister yeah. and to serve the yeah. people to help? Yeah. In other words, conquer, overcome, make an effort, do something. Yeah. Don't get lazy and fat, but be fat. Be fat. Faithful, available, teachable. Faithful, available, <laughs> yeah. teachable. That's right. So when I get in the house, instead of going up and putting those cold fingers on her neck, yeah, I'll do, I'll do some of this. I'll rub my hands together, you know, uh, or I'll stick my hands in my pockets, you know, whatever. And then, then, you know, when my hands are warm, then I can, you know, just kind of touch her on the back of the neck or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, and she's more receptive. Can you talk to my wife? <laughs> she likes to get in bed at night and put and her cold feet against touch you. My cold feet and cold hands. And, what are you doing warming my feet? Well, okay, yeah. I'll just be your foot warmer. See, well, see, that, that's... <laughs> Melinda, I'm sorry. That that is Jack's <laughs> she knows job. That's true. Is to be, <laughs> oh. Among other things, he is your foot warmer. Because I'm fat, I can really warm. <laughs> you are. He is available. Yeah. <laughs> he's faithful, available, and teachable. Okay, so he's there for your cold I'm feet. There for my wife. All right. <laughs> so, no, I, I, this is a challenge for all of us. Um, you know. When I read that verse, I'm reading that verse for me because it's easy to get jaded 
by the world to focus on the things that are going wrong. Um, we got to focus on the things that are going right. We got to focus on Jesus. One last little thing. My dad, um, when he was 75, he had a massive stroke, uh, left him paralyzed on the left side for the rest of his life, which was another four and a half years. And um, for the first few months, he was profoundly depressed. Uh, he was depressed to the point that I had to start taking some medication for my own depressed state of mind because of what it was doing to my dad. And it wasn't the stroke that was bothering me. You know, his, his paralysis and uh, inabilities are not what was bothering me. What was bothering me was his state of mind, his depression. And I, I just couldn't handle seeing my dad in that regard. And what I did not know was that my aunt, his sister, had called and talked to him. And, you know, she's got this, this beautiful little southern drawl. You know, I always said that my dad's family had this amazing, it's like we had their own little dialect down there in Savannah, Tennessee. And they could talk without hardly moving their mouth. And, <laughs> well, Robert, you, you've been having lots of time to think about yourself and feel sorry for yourself. You know, you need to start, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Think about everything that's going right. And, and she had said that to my dad. And um, I went down to see him one day. I didn't know that this had happened until recently, actually. Um, and my dad was just telling stories about when he was a kid and he was smiling. And he just seemed like his old self. And I said, Dad, I'm thinking, well, maybe he's getting some movement back in his leg or something. You know, I don't know. I said, Dad, what's going on? You just, you, he said, what do you mean? I said, you sound like your old self. He said, well, you know, John, when you've had a stroke, you've got all kinds of time to just sit and think. And uh, I've just been feeling sorry for myself. I've been thinking about everything that's gone wrong. I just decided I need to think about everything that's gone right. And so he did. His whole focus changed. He spent that, that last four and a half years of his life a much more pleasant man to be around than he'd been for the previous 10 years. My kids got closer to my, my dad after his stroke than they had been before mm -hmm. his stroke because he was more pleasant to be around. Mm -hmm. Why? He was no longer focused on himself. He was no longer focused on politics. He was no longer focused on the stock market. He was focused on everything that was going right instead of everything that's going wrong. Amen. His love grew hot. Wow. You could say that. So my challenge to you, my challenge to me, is Jesus' challenge to us, and that is do not let your love grow cold. Set your focus on him, not on the wickedness of this world, not on the wickedness of any one person, not on anything that's been done wrong to you or anything that you're afraid of. Set your mind on him. He's the author, the perfecter, the finisher of our faith. And that's what we're all about, is trying to help you and us keep our focus on Christ. Because that's where the answer is. That's what's going to keep your love, your love warm and not let it grow cold. John, I love the, the pictures of Norman Rockwell. And he painted a picture, and if I can describe it, it was a beautiful a cathedral. And uh, if you look here, you'll see the beautiful spires and the beautiful uh, architecture 
of the cathedral, and there were a flock of doves flying up in the spires. And the custodian was on a ladder uh, putting a little saying on a, on a placard, you know, like a little sign that sometimes churches will put mm-hmm. a, a, a nice saying on. And uh, the, the preacher, the vicar in his robes, beautiful robes, was standing at the foot of the ladder, kind of directing the custodian on what to put. And what he was saying, I'll tell you that in just a minute. Let me describe the rest of the painting. Down on the sidewalk, on the street, all of the people were walking by, and all of their heads were down, and they all, you could tell, were just depressed and discouraged. And on the sign was the words, lift up thine eyes. If you'll just lift up your eyes and focus here, what a beautiful message and what a beautiful thing you could see. But when our heads are down, focused on ourselves, then we don't see that. I'm thinking of the scripture, lift up your head, your redemption draws nigh. Look to God, look to the sky, look to Jesus your redemption draws nigh. That puts a smile on my face and some warm love in my heart. And thinking about your dad, what a great story about a great man. Oh, yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks a lot for joining us, folks. Um, We hope that that our words and the message are a blessing to you. Um, We hope that they do uh, what our goal is, which is to help you focus on Christ. Um, There's too many distractions in this world. And... um, I can't think of anything more beautiful to look at than Jesus and his love for us. Thank you for joining us. Uh, reach out to us. Uh, you can look us up on our website, jackandjohnpodcast.com, and, John, Jack and, <laughs> and uh, hit us up with an email at connect at jackandjohnpodcast.com. We'll see you next time. Amen. <laughs>